0: The greatest legacy that one can pass on in life is not money or accumulated possessions, but rather, the greatest legacy to leave is a legacy of faith. Good morning, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody doing well? No. Uh, yeah, it's Christmas, man. You gotta be like doing well. anybody like Christmas music? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I love that and all that. I, I've been and I like you know Spotify, the uh, Apple, whatever that is. What's is that called? The iShare, whatever the the service, I don't know what it is. Anyhow, so I go, I mean, all of my old stuff and any Harry Connick people? Yeah, yeah, he, he's actually my first cousin. And so any I get, I'm lying. And so, just to make sure you're awake. And uh, you know, we're, all of us from the South are all related somewhere or another, right? You know, I never, I, I was here, wasn't very long, a couple of years when I first moved here. Accent was a little thicker than what it is now. You think it's bad now, you should have knew me then. And uh, got, I was speeding, shocking. And I uh, got pulled over and he said, uh, You're not from here, are you? I said, No, sir. And he goes, uh, and He said, You from the South? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Are you related to Brett Favre? I said, You know, in the South, we're all related. <laughs> and he said, Son, just slow it down. You have a good day. And I thought, Welcome to Wisconsin. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, but uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I love this time of the year. It's a great time, all that. And again, hopefully you'll be with us for some of these Christmas weekend celebrations and Christmas Eve services. We're here for the whole time. And just a great, 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 great time. I am, uh, if you have your Bibles, you would turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Um, we're going to continue this message uh, series on legacy. Pastor Ryan spoke last week, did a great job. Can you give Pastor Ryan a big hand? Just great job and uh, kicked everything off. And uh, I am just uh, just coming in from a trip, I'll, I'll unpack it a little bit today, but more so next month as we talk about kind of some things that we're doing. Uh, when I went to Korea, uh, and so there's a cool opportunity that we were invited to be a part of in North Korea. And I got to, couldn't say a whole lot about the trip, but got to do some kind of cool stuff. And some cool meetings last week. I'm jet lagged. My wife is like you were talking so slow and so chill. And I think I set the record for the longest sermon ever preached. This is our this weekend is our 16th year anniversary. So that was 16 years ago we came, and so this is the longest last service. So Nando has a hundred dollar. Uh, mark his gift card on the line for me if I can do this by the time that before that 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 timer goes to red so you're in luck so anyhow uh, so uh, but uh, uh, anyhow so if I seem a little bit like he is so chill I'm not on anything I'm just hey guys <laughs> Tammy's like did somebody slip something in your brownies I mean like this is really like you're just like what's up how are you Yeah. So, okay. So, week number two, legacy. Uh, We're talking not about money, but we're talking about living a life that's remembered. And Ryan kind of set this up last weekend. It's not just about what I'm doing today, but it's about the life that I'm living and what I leave behind. And and this really isn't about money, it's really about a mindset. And so, uh, you know, because when this world is over, according to the Bible, uh, and we stand before God, we'll give an account. There'll be two questions. Question number one, uh, what did you do with Jesus Christ? It's a salvation question. You know, are you saved? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And so if you're in heaven, you're, you know, you're right with God, whatever, then yeah, I mean, you accept Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, and enter into your reward. But for those of us that are Christ followers, that are in heaven, that heaven is our home, and man, we've got a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and we've asked him to come into our heart and into our lives, be our Lord and be our Savior. We're Christians. He'll ask us a question. And that's a a question that this message today in this series really deals with. And that is, what have you done, what did you do with what you were given? What have you done, and what did you do with what you were given? And that's what I want to talk about. I don't have not taken an offering today. I don't have an agenda today other than one of the things is as the longer that I am here pastoring, the one of the coolest parts to me is, um, is the ability to have a relationship with you, not just individually, but as a congregation that we can unpack and we can talk about things. And there's a trust that's there that, you know, my heart. And so, even if I don't say something always right, which is, and I may say some really crazy stuff today on jet being jet lag, so it could be very entertaining, uh, but it won't be long. And so, um, so but the reality is, is that you 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 know my heart, and uh, because we we've done enough life together, and um, and there is this conversation that can happen. Uh, a famous poet said that. Uh, that the trees may be swayed by the wind, but that men are moved by words. And there's times in our lives where we have conversations and that are transformative. Maybe it's a conversation with the Lord through prayer or through his word that's a life-changing experience. Maybe it's you're talking to a mentor or to a friend or, or, or someone who, who you deeply admire, and they make a statement. They say something, and it shapes you. It, it, it makes a change. You, you, you've never forgotten that. It's the words and the person who spoke them. And uh, today, my, my heart and my desire is to kind of look at 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 what God's word says about this legacy issue and about that question of when you stand before God, and we all will, and as a Christ follower, you're not asked about your salvation because you've given your life to Christ, but you're asked what have you done with what you've been given that you'll have an adequate answer. And more than that, you'll have an adequate offering, gift, gift, examples, proof to give to God. And because it's not something that we talk a lot about because part of it is, is we're a relatively young church. Another part of it is, is that we're so busy doing life and living life and trying to get through things that we just don't ever really stop and think about that. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're 13 or you're 14 or you're 15, you're just like, and your voice is changing, and you're trying to get through puberty, you're not really thinking about legacy right now. You're just happy to have three chest hairs right now if you're a kid, Right? <laughs> I'm just telling you. Um, uh, you're, you're, you're in college. You're just glad to be done with finals and have a couple of weeks just to kind of blow off some steam and hang out with friends. You're, you're trying your career, and you're just trying to figure things out. Uh, you know, but the reality is, is that 13 to 23 age, you're going to make decisions in your life that are going to affect legacy for the rest of your life. So the conversation is really is pretty important. You're up to, your, up to your neck in diapers and family and mortgage and the SUV and the whole deal and you're just trying to get through and survive another day. You're not really thinking, but there's going to come a day when your kids are gonna be out of the house. We're, we're in our last kind of year and a half with our youngest. I pulled in the driveway the other day, and there's this little parking spot where Ava parks her her little car. And I told Tammy I, she was gone, and I said, you know, that's going to become really pretty normal. I don't know how much I like that. Life is happening, or maybe you're 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 coming to that place where you're older, and you're 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 less agile not just physically, but financially and career wise. And you're having to really make calculate, because because legacy becomes more and more and more and more and more real to you. Wherever you are on the continuum of this, I just want to stop and just talk about this from the perspective of not just this world that seems so real, and it is real, but that there is a greater thing called eternity that is even so much more real than what you and I can even think or comprehend. This this side of eternity, we see through a glass darkly, Paul says. It's like looking through stained glass. We know in part, we understand in part, but not completely. But when we leave this world, either through the grave or the rapture of the church, and we're in eternity with Jesus, it will all make sense. We'll all come together. And so Paul gives this admonition to this young pastor named Timothy, who's pastoring this burgeoning growing church in Ephesus. Scholars tell us probably somewhere around a hundred thousand people attend this church. And Timothy is he's a young man, but he doesn't have quite the grit and the ambition that Paul does. He's developing that. Matter of fact, he deals with some anxiety issues and some overwhelming issues, and I don't know that I'm really good enough for this and whatever. And 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 this church that he's pastoring is a very uh, it's not just affluent, it's very powerful and influential. And Paul says it this way in First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, 18, and 19. He says, command those who are rich in this present world, which Ryan talked about this last week, that's us in this room. If you put your annual income into a, just a, an online global calculator of world wealth, you'll find yourself within the top 5 to 10%, uh, most of you within the top 1% to 2%. Command those who are rich in this present world, that's us, not to be arrogant or to put our hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. If you have anything in the stock market this week, you you know that to be true. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us, look at this, everything for our enjoyment. God's not some cosmic killjoy. He's not trying to withhold. He's not trying to keep back. Rather, he wants to bless you and your family. So this is not about depravity. This is really about the bountiful blessings of a father that wants to bless his children. Verse 18, command them to do good. How? To be rich and good deeds. This isn't just about money. It's about how you act. To be generous. It's an attitude of the heart. And willing to share. That that is giving. Verse 19, this is the verse I really want to focus on today. And in this way, the two preceding verses we just read, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Speaking of heaven, eternity. So that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Look at that phrase, that they may take hold of life that is truly life. See, we think life is what we have here and now. This is but a vapor, the Bible says. This is here today and gone tomorrow, that no man is promised tomorrow. We live in one day at a time, daytight compartments. But there is coming an eternity, an age that's truly life, what it's really all about. And so Paul's telling Timothy, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're leading and you're growing and you're pastoring this growing church, this thriving church in this, in this incredible city of Ephesus. And you've got people with means and you're up and you're teaching the, the apostles doctrine and you're breaking the bread and, and, and you're coming together. But remember to remind them That they've been given much, therefore there's required much. And and to be generous, not just with their finances, but with their attitude and their kindness and everything that they do. Because God wants them to be blessed and there's nothing wrong with having things. But Timothy, there's something wrong when things have them. And the problem with when things have you is that you buy into the present world. You buy into this world and you think this is all there is and the scorecard is this world. But it's not. This is just a dress rehearsal for what's to come. And the only way to translate what you do in this world into eternity is by doing it God's way. Now, this wouldn't be a new conversation. Jesus talked about this and, and, and the Sermon on the Mount. Paul, excuse me, Matthew records this. Matthew, this, this accounting gives a rich uh, uh, manuscript of what Jesus says. It's really the only full manuscript, in essence, of what we have of any of the teachings of Jesus. We, we have the teachings of Jesus, but his sermonizations and, and those types of where he's literally laying out his message, this is one of the few. And Jesus says it this way in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 Do not store up for yourself treasures on this earth. Why? Because moth and rust will destroy and thieves will break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures where? In heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Legacy. What are you doing today for tomorrow? What are you doing today for eternity? Again, nothing wrong with having things, but do things have you? And, 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 and I'm not just talking about things in terms of money, I'm talking about things in your time your vocation, your calling, because here's the deal, is if you really believe that God has given all of us a plan and a purpose, then we have to walk out and live that out in, in, in our lives and how we live our life, that, that regardless whether I work on a factory floor or, or I, I, I'm a chief executive officer of a Fortune 500 company or I own my own business or I'm a stay-at-home parent or I'm a 13-year-old kid in middle school or I'm 22 trying to figure my life out, wherever I am, God has uniquely designed me and hardwired me and, 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 and gifted me and placed me in a particular place and time with a unique DNA to fulfill his purpose. And I will ultimately stand before him and I will give an account, not just if I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but what I did with what he gave me. And again, nothing wrong with having enjoyment. Paul tells Timothy, look, this, is, this life has been given and, and God delights as a father does for his children for them to enjoy the life and to enjoy the family and to enjoy these things. Nothing wrong with that. The, but, but the reality is, is just don't get caught up that this is all real. Don't get caught up that your life will look like the Lexus commercial if you buy a new car and you put a bow on it at Christmas time. Nothing wrong with Lexus, nothing wrong with Christmas, nothing wrong with the bow, but we advertisers know that they're trying to sell us on this idea that if we do this, it's like if I, if I go look at a picture from a magazine from Under Armour and think if I wear like a full body spandex and my body will look like that. It's not going to. Do you understand? And if there's enough compression, at some point the compression will give away to decompression and I will pop like a can of biscuits. Can I get a witness? You know what I'm talking about? But, but we see this and we think, oh, that's real. No, 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 no. Paul says, Timothy, don't let these people that you're pastoring just think this is all there is. No, there's more to it than this. There's more to it than the world that you're sitting in. There's more to it than the church service that you're in today. There's more to it than this. There is coming a day, the Bible says, when the dead in Christ will rise rise first. And those who remain will be caught up in the air. And forever we will be with Jesus. Oh, what singing. Oh, what shouting on that happy morning when we all shall rise. What a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, and he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, a glorious day that will be. We forget that. I forget that. And all of our spinning wheels and making deals and all that we do. And so how do I store up for treasure in heaven? How do I live out what Jesus says and what Paul says to Timothy? Well, first of all, I've got to realize that God owns everything. God owns everything, all of it. God owns everything. We get caught up and thinking, well, no, this is mine, and this is mine, and this is mine, but it's not. You're just kind of renting it for a while. But I've got a deed to the property and I own that business. Yeah, and you're going to die. And when you die, they're going to spend it, sell it, whatever. It's gone. It's like when my girls were little, Anna and Ava. I take them on these little daddy-daughter dates, and of course they always want to go watch a Disney movie, right? Da, 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 da. I don't like all of that. I'm like Tammy, why can't we take them to see things that, where the buildings are blowing up and it's it's a full machine gun? And Aaron, these are little girls. Yes, Tammy, it's a hard world out there. Maybe that's the lesson, Amy. I don't. So I would go, okay, whatever. So we would go, and, 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 and you know, and it's like, man, I love going to the movies, but it's like a scam. You know what I'm talking about? What's it like, is it like $10 for a Kit Kat or something? I mean, it's crazy, $25 for a tub of popcorn, and they always put it at eye level with these kids. Have you noticed that? Marketers are not stupid. But daddy, I just wanted. Oh, dear God. Yeah, so, so we're going, so we go to the movie, they pick it out, and the whole deal, and... And, you know, and, and, you, and, and they have these little snack packs. They're, li- they're only like 20 bucks, but it's like a little thing of popcorn and a little bitty drink, which they're going to spill three times. God bless their hearts. And then they're going to give them like some Twizzlers or Skittles or M&M's, little snack pack type of thing. And so we all go sit down. And it's kind of like a Tupperware dish, right? You get all three corners burped and you're going to the fourth one. And then one pops up. So you get everybody set down. Somebody's got to go to the bathroom, right? Or they spill their drink or whatever. And it's just whatever. So we get everybody. So, Anna, my oldest, was always pretty easy because she was just like, I mean, she's just his own. Ava's my talker, shocking. So, and she had this little lisp, and so she would, you know, whatever. And so I just, they had Skittles, and I leaned over, I've told this story before, and I lean over to Ava and I go, hey, can I just have some Skittles? Just a couple Skittles. And she says, no. Maybe she didn't understand. Hey babe, I just want a couple of Skittles. Just just two, maybe three, just some skittles. I do just no, they're mine. It's just four. That cute little lisp lost its cuteness real fast. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so finally I just said, I'm going to exert a little bit more authority. A little bit more. And I lean over and I just said, Ava. And she goes, shh. We're watching the movie. (laughs) Woo, Jerry Cole, that's my dad. That's about came out of me, and so I'm thinking to my mind, I could just, I could go and buy every bag of Skittles rain Skittles down from heaven on this child for the rest of her life. This is not that difficult. I don't want to go pay $16. Have you noticed how it gets more expensive every time I say it? For a bag of Skittles, I just want two or three Skittles. I paid for all of this. And I think sometimes, how must God feel maybe that way towards us? I've given you everything that you've asked for. I'm doing everything for your glory and for for, for your enjoyment and, and ultimately for my glory. And I'm doing all these things. And all I'm asking is, would you please just help this person? Would you please just trust me in this? Would you please just And instead of just being kind and generous towards the Lord, who is the giver, in the first place, we kind of go, it's mine. If I'm going to store up treasure in heaven, I gotta realize it's not mine, it's his. Palms up. God, you can have the Skittles and the drink and the cardboard box that the popcorn came in with a snack pack. Whatever you want, it's yours. And God really doesn't want that, He wants my heart. But it's all His. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10. And 11 says, praise be to you, O Lord, God of our Father of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. For yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. And Jesus says, and when you pray, pray in this manner. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my kingdom. Because in the Aaron Cole kingdom, when there is an Aaron Cole kingdom, it's all about Aaron Cole. You know what I'm talking about? I'm the best looking. I'm the smartest. I'm the wisest. I said whitest last service. I'm that too. I'm all that. And so are you, because that's the reason why you, well, I don't think, oh, I think I'm less selfless than that. No, you're really jacked up. Because here's the reality is, is Jesus said, you're to love your neighbor as you love whom? Yourself. Because nobody loves anybody else more than you love yourself. That's just how we're hardwired. We, 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 we think, and that's why Jesus says, don't pray your kingdom come, pray his kingdom come. God, what do you want to do? I surrender all. It's your kingdom, not mine. You're the king, not me. You're the the Lord. You're the master. You're the savior. I'm the servant. I gave up my rights when I became a Christ follower. Again, this is not about money. It's about a mindset. Everything belongs to him. Second thing I've got to do if I'm going to give and have this treasure in heaven mindset is I've got to give up something now for something I want later. I've got to give up something now for something I want later. Now, we get this. When it comes to losing weight, we get this. In about 30 days, we're all going to, oh, God, forgive me for all that I ate. It's not going to stop us now. Amen? I'm still on candy corn from Halloween. Anybody else? (laughs) That's a great food group right there. I'm just telling you, it's a vegetable. So we get it. I I, I cannot go and eat 10,000 calories a day and think I can go work out for 15 minutes. We can say that, and we act like that, But and I'm going to lose weight. I, I can't go to have biscuits and gravy and, and grits and all that good stuff for breakfast and then go, go to lunch and, and grab myself a couple of, of, of uh, you know, um, whatever, some, some hamburgers from um, Culver's, and then, and then uh, go, go to dinner. Uncle Julio's. Anybody know what Uncle Julio's is? December 19th, opening Brookfield Square, Make their own tortillas, sweet Jesus! Thank you, Lord. I prayed for a Tex-Mex restaurant for 16 years, and my faith is going to become sight. I'm just telling you, people. The reason why it's happening, right? You're looking right here. I'm just telling you, it ain't no good. So anyhow, I I can, but but I'll I'll consume 8,000 calories in a day, and the deal is, I'm not going to lose any weight. If I want to lose weight, I get this. I got to eat less. If I want financially, I, I, I bring in a certain amount of a salary. If I want to buy something, maybe I want a, a boat or I, I want a car or, or I want to go on a vacation. Or I, I, I got to say no to one thing over here in order to say yes to something over here. We, we get that. But when it comes to eternity, do you think that way? That there are times that I say no to an earthly thing because I'm saying yes to a heavenly thing. I'm saying no to an earthly desire, not because it's wrong, but because there's a greater calling. There's a greater heavenly desire. It's what we do with our resources. It's one of the reasons why God helps us to do this. It's, it's the first of all, it's about bringing of the tithe, the, the 10% that, that I believe that God will bless the 90% greater than he will the 100% without his blessing on, my, on it that if I'll honor God with bringing the first 10% of my income and give it to him out of obedience and trust, he will bless the 90% greater. It will go further than the 100% you go on its own. Matter of fact, the only place in scripture where God says, test me and see if I will not perform my word is when it comes to tithing. The only place in scripture. He doesn't say that about salvation. He doesn't say that about prayer. He doesn't say that about divine healing. He says it about money. I didn't write it. He wrote it. And then, and, then the, and then beyond the tithing comes real generosity. It's that 11%, that 12%, that 13% that I become a, a percentage giver. Don't just get stuck on that benchmark of 10%. It's I want to be able, because if I really believe that eternity, that heaven is greater than, than earth, then it's not about the fact that I have things or don't have things. It's about what am I doing with what God's given me? Am I truly trying to, to give more and give more and give more? And, and I grew up in church and I would hear, hear people say, and hear pastors say, hey man, if you'll just trust God and just give and, and you can't outgive God. So one of the things that Tammy and I started doing when we were newly married was we had determined in our heart that wouldn't it be awesome if we got to a place to where we gave away 90% and we lived on 10%. So how do you do that? Every year, you increase your giving—a quarter of a percent, a half of a percent. If you mortgage a home, you know there's a big difference in a monthly payment between a quarter percent and a half percent. And you just began to give more and more and more. Why? It, it, am, I, am I in a contest? No. Does anybody know? No. Is it any of your business? No. Does, is it a minister requirement? Not at all. It's an issue with me to say, if I really believe that heaven is greater than here, then I want to do more there than I'm doing here. So I want to give it to God's work and 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 trust that he will bless it greater and just continue in that pattern and progressively looking for ways that not just with my money, but with my time and with what he's given that I can help and that I can do and that I can invest. Understand there's only two things in this world, only two things in this world that are eternal, God's word and people. That's it, God's word and people. His word will never pass away in you. This building will be gone. These programs will be gone. The titles will be gone. The houses will be gone. The money will be gone. But the only thing that will last is God's word and his people. It's about eternity. This afternoon, I'm gonna get on a flight. Not that I wanna get on another airplane. Dear Lord, I do not. I'm getting on another flight because I have a friend who's my age, who his wife just lost a 12-year battle with cancer. And I'm boarding the plane in Bangkok to take another connecting flight to another connecting flight to another connecting flight, and he texts me and he said, Lisa passed. I'm scrambling, trying to make sure what we can figure out so I can be there for visitation, be there for the funeral, do that kind of stuff. He doesn't need me. Some of the people and some of the dignitaries that are going to be there are, are, are amazing. I'm not preaching, I'm not doing anything in an official capacity. He is a friend. Why would I do that? Because the only thing that's eternal is God's word and his people. And I want to show up and just say, I'm here. Whatever you want to do, man, I'm here. I'm just going to sit with you. I mean, you don't have to entertain, I'm here. You're gonna, you're a pastor. You're gonna have goofy, crazy people around you. They're gonna want, and, and, and people go, and, and you may need somebody just to run interference. Look, I have, I have a gift of offense, and so I can offend people really easy. So I'll, I'll handle it. I, I'll just, you, whatever you need, I'm, I'm here for you. Why, do I have, no, this is one of the busiest weeks. I had to rearrange things and meetings and stuff and it's just, this is not convenient. So why do you go and why do you do it? Because at the end of the day, again, it's not about money, it's about eternity. Because his son, one kid, freshman, Division One baseball player will, be sign, will probably be signed to Major League this spring finished his last test, university, got home in time to say goodbye to his mom, and she passed. You give up, because it's not about you. You go, because it's not about you. You love on people, because it's not about you. And I'm not saying that for you. For me, you you think about that. Pray for Joe, because he's got a. He I cannot imagine pastoring this church without Tammy. There is I don't want to imagine that. I have no idea. And then to be empty nester on top of that. But here's what I know. I to the best of my ability. I want to serve God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I want to love my neighbors. I love myself and I want to give and give and give and give and that's in my time, that's in my talent, that's in my treasure. And that's why because I believe eternity reveals that. The last thing is you got to focus your whole life towards the eternal. Focus your whole life towards the eternal. The greatest deterrent in storing treasures in heaven is believing that earth is your home. The greatest deterrent in the ability to store treasure in heaven is to believe that earth is your home. Paul will write to the church in Philippians these words, chapter 3, verse 18 through 20. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ, for their destiny is destruction. For their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. For their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you eagerly await? How much do you long towards eternity? Not death. Eternity to be with Jesus. The older you get, the easier it gets. Why? Because you got more on the other side. There's people. There's treasures in heaven. Again, it's not about money, it's about legacy. But do you think in terms of what you do today and how it impacts eternity tomorrow? If you really believe that God calls all of us in ministry, then our jobs have eternal consequence. So why do I leave Tulsa, Oklahoma 16 years ago to come here? Because I know there's a day I'm going to stand before God and he's going to say, I called you and I told you I was going to do a great work in that town, in that church, and I wanted you to be a part of it, and you told me no, That's why I'm here. Solomon says in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament that time and chance happens to us all, which means we all have opportunities. Is it about my earthly gain or is it about heavenly gain? Again, nothing wrong with having things. But there's something wrong with things have you. I'm not motivated by money. That doesn't mean I don't have money. It just means that doesn't motivate me. I think money is a tool. I think that's all it is. It's a resource to leverage for the sake of eternity. but I'm gonna stand before God just like you. And I'm gonna give an account for my life just like you are for yours. And he's gonna ask me, what did I do with his word and what did I do with his people? Because those are the only two things that last. If God told Tammy and I to go to South Sudan tomorrow and be missionaries, I would resign and would leave. Because this is my assignment. But man, you got a great life here. I do. Do you not like it here? I love it here. Do you not want to retire here? Nothing would make me happier than to retire here. Are you planning on going anywhere? Nope. Would you argue with God over it? Yep. Would you go? Absolutely. Because I know this world is not my home. I'm only passing through It's about eternity. It's about people's eternity. And it's about my heart. See, you don't get to see my heart. You see my actions. But you don't know the motives of my heart. I don't know the motives of your heart, but God does. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, if any man builds on this foundation using gold and silver and costly stones and wood and hay or straw... His work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, speaking of judgment, it's going to bring to light. It'll be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, then he will receive his reward. There'll be many people on that day that will make it to heaven. And they did everything they did for all the wrong reasons. They did it for man's applause. They did it to have a big church. They did it because they were comfortable. But the true motive of their heart will be revealed. That's legacy. Six weeks ago, a great man of faith passed on to be with the Lord. Colton Wickeratma. Colton stood all of about five foot two. Sri Lankan, born and raised, small city outside of the the capital city of Colombo. I had met him, been in his home. Matter of fact, last this time last year, I was having dinner with him. Great man of faith. And he said, Do you know how I got here? I said, no, I've read your book, but I'd like to hear you tell me. And this feeble, very man that life and the frailty of the physical realm had kind of taken its toll on, had a boldness in his voice. And he began to tell me how he was, came to faith in Jesus Christ because of American missionaries that were sent to his island nation. And he said, I was called into ministry and knew that I must go to Bible college, but had not the money to. But the Holy Spirit said, you go and I'll provide. So I packed up all my earthly belongings and went to the Bible college. Faith. When I arrived there, I was told, they asked me for the money for my tuition. And I said, I have none, but I was told by the Holy Spirit to come and there would be money. And they said, we don't have any money. He said, then you wait, it will come. The next day, the funds were wired in from a missionary in the States. And they said, Mr. Wickeratma, we don't know how to tell you this, but he said, I told you, the Holy Spirit will send it a young 20-year-old that we never lose the idealism of a 20-year-old to believe that when God says, he will do. Every month the money came, not to me, but to pay for the school, all the way through just as the Lord spoke. I went back, planted the Great People's Church, which today I've preached there a couple of times, runs tens of thousands of people. My sons, Deshawn is the General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God. You know Deshawn. He's been here to preach. Pastors the Great People's Church. My other son is a minister of finance for the government, for the nation of Sri Lanka. I've been in his home and been in his presence. All of my grandchildren are all educated in America, many of them Ivy League I'm a blessed man. And when I stand before the Lord and I'm ready to go, and as he begins to talk, he gets louder and louder and louder in this restaurant. I have no regrets, for heaven is my home. But Pastor Cole, can I tell you, I'm not here because of myself. I'm not here because of a preacher. I'm here because of a woman who lived on a fixed income, who was a widow woman in central Florida, who's never been to Sri Lanka, had a vision from the Lord and was spoken to by the Holy Spirit that she was to give money to pay for some young man to go to Bible college. And having never met me and never been here, knew a missionary gave the money, and that's why I'm here. The missionary told me that she had leaks in her roof that she would have to collect the water and buckets and knock it out because she could not choose to fix the roof and to pay for me to go to Bible college. And so she chose to sacrifice because she knew great would be her reward. And on that day, Pastor Cole, when I stand before the Lord and my son who's the minister of finance for the nation and my other son who's the general superintendent of the servants of God and all of my grandchildren and all of the thousands of people that we've won to Jesus, we stand there. There will be one greater and it will be her. May you never forget what gets you on that stage, Pastor Cole. And may you never not preach a gospel that calls people to sacrifice. Because it's about eternity, not about today. It's about people, not about the crowd. Because there are only two things that are eternal. God's word and his people. As I preach this today, that's what this is about. Eternity. Living my life today because it's going to live on forever. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the simplicity. I thank you for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that challenges us who are rich and increased in this world to be generous to one another and to you, Lord. God, may we never think that it's by our power or by our might that we have what we have, but rather, Lord, it's a gift from you. Yes, we work hard, yes, we apply ourselves, but it's you that's given us strength in our bodies. It's you that's given us a mind to think. It's you that's given us health. It's you that's given us another day in which to live. And, Lord, we're so thankful for that. We're thankful for the enjoyment that we have of our family and of our friends. We're, 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 we're thankful for the blessings that we have in our life. We're, we're thankful, Lord, for so many, many things. But may we never forget that this world is not our home. But soon and very soon, we're going to see you, Jesus. And all the accolades of this world and all the notoriety of this world and all the esteem of this world will pass so quickly in that moment. And only what we do for you with a right heart and motive that's sincere will last. So help us today to hold high your word and to love people for they are the only things that are eternal. Let us live a legacy in Jesus' name. Amen.